This podcast is brought to you by Spotify for Podcasters. Have you yourself ever wanted to become a podcaster? Well, Spotify makes it simple and easy to do so. You can record, edit, and even distribute your podcast straight from their app. The best part? It is absolutely 100% free. Visit their website, podcasters.spotify.com, for more details and download the app on your Apple or Android devices today to get started on your podcasting adventure. That's Spotify for Podcasters. What is going on, everybody? Travis Fowler Harkrider is back again with another edition of the Four Corner Podcast. And we're about to do my favorite thing in the world, which is talk wrestling. And this week had a lot of drama filled with it. Um, Surprisingly to nobody, considering the topic we're on, um, there's always drama, whether it be backstage or in front of the camera. So I guess it's not really that much of a surprise to anybody. But uh, this week had a few interesting tidbits, which we're going to get into a few of those. But I'm going to start off with something I was really excited for for this week, which was the official return of TNA. Now, yes, I understand they've been Impact Wrestling for the last few years now, but the official return to those three specific initials took place on Saturday was their pay-per-view, the hard-to-kill pay-per-view, actually. Um... And I haven't watched it yet. I've only gotten actually a little bit into the pay-per-view. The match that I have yet to see and forward is the one I've been looking forward to the most. That being Josh Alexander and Alex Hammerstone. As somebody who actually got to meet and be a part of an Impact Wrestling tryout back in 2018 in Las Vegas, uh, I'm really happy to see where Alex Hammerstone has gone. He had been the face of MLW for the past few years, and now that his contract had expired he was looking to try new things and he got hit up by josh alexander hey you want an opportunity let's make it happen in las vegas so i'm really looking forward to seeing that match i actually sent out a tweet uh saturday morning or afternoonish time i can't really remember which one but either way it was basically saying that i think that's going to be a sleeper match and that people need to keep their eyes peeled for that being a potential show stealer uh hammerstone himself liked it so again i haven't watched that match nor anything forward from that just yet but i'm really looking forward to seeing what they did and i really do think that they had potential to be a barn burner and honestly i don't doubt that they did so I really look forward to seeing that, along with the main event, uh, Moose and Alex Shelley for the Impact, or I guess we can officially say now, TNA World Heavyweight title. Um, There's been a couple surprises that I think have hit online that people have been talking about, but I've been doing my best to stay away from those. I've caught little glimpses here and there, and if certain people showed up, or specifically one certain person showed up, that I think could be a game changer for TNA, which we'll talk about next week on that week's edition of 4CP. So if you haven't 
seen the rest of the pay-per-view or if you haven't seen any of the pay-per-view you don't have to worry about me spoiling anything because this channel does no spoilers i'm not a fan of spoilers these days i like to be surprised so you ain't gonna get anything from me here um the card has been good up to the point like i said where i've stopped which was that hammerstone alexander match so you're not going to be disappointed if you're an impact or tna fan in general and honestly if you were a tna fan at one point give them a shot now that they're back officially with with those three letters maybe you need to tune back in because I remember the time when TNA really was the alternative to WWE the first real alternative since WCW and that was back in the mid 2000s and honestly going all the way back to 2004 up to about 2013 maybe 2014 ish i was really into impact and i was really sad that they had a decline for a while but they had been on what i felt was like a renaissance for the last couple years so it's been nice to see them get that notoriety and like i said for nostalgia purposes and Overall, I think it's great that they went back to the TNA name. People referred to Impact as TNA anyway, so you might as well. Of course, you're going to have naysayers and the negative connotation is still there. But remember, that was a Vince Russo idea and just consider the source. But I think overall, it has a more positive uh, following with it than it did back then when people just looked at it as just a ha-ha TNA LOL joke. So um, let's give it a shot and hope for the best because... Honestly, I don't think there's a lot that could go against them right now. Matter of fact, here is just a little stat from WrestleTix that I want to share with you for the return to the TNA name. Now, granted, the Palms Casino Resort in Las Vegas could hold a maximum of about 2,000 people. But for this particular setup, they ended up having to open up more seats for the show. But as of this, it was, I believe the night before and at the time the current setup was for 1,402 seats the distributed tickets at this time according to WrestleTix which is where you can get a lot of useful information for seating and attendance availability the distributed tickets was at 1,311 and that means only 91 tickets were still available at that time for their hard to kill event so um, that's a pretty good sign and good momentum going forward for TNA. So uh, let's see and hope for the best with them because I'd love to have more wrestling on a national level take center stage because if there's more companies doing good, then that means that overall the wrestling world is doing phenomenal as well. So that's one thing about the IWC that I've never really understood why they are hoping for certain companies you know, let's get real with it for a second, AEW specifically, um, why some people think that they're going to go away or should go away. Yes, I know their attendance has had better days. Um, their viewership has seen better days too, but they're still doing really good and they're doing solid business. You can't really deny that. Whether or not they're bringing in ex-WWE guys and letting them flounder or doing something with them, either way, they're still going to be around for a while. At least financially speaking, they're not doing bad. So just to kind of give you an idea of the success of how AEW is doing, Two times this week, actually, TNT or WBD, which is Warner Brothers Discovery, for those that are unaware, actually praised AEW for bringing up viewerships 
on their channel, specifically TNT to start. This was courtesy of Dirt Sheet Radio, and this was earlier in the week. Quote, TNT's ratings among adults 25 to 54 grew 14% year over year, with the network maintaining its rank as the number one cable entertainment network and prime among adults 25 to 54, 18 to 49, and even 18 to 34. Popular AEW Dynamite, Collision, and Rampage reached nearly 4 million viewers each week across TNT and TBS. That's great numbers. Despite what people would like to think, and despite some of the obvious things that go wrong from time to time, they're doing great business. So WWE doing great business is awesome. AEW doing great business is awesome. TNA hopefully doing great business moving forward is going to be awesome. It's just a great time to be a professional wrestling fan. And more specifically, if you're in the business working, it's a great time to be in professional wrestling. And honestly, it's so much fun again. I really look forward to watching a lot of wrestling each week just because I haven't felt this way as a fan in at least a decade and a half, if not longer. So having this feeling again brings a sense of my own personal nostalgia because this is how I felt as a young kid when I was watching WCW and WWE in my younger years. And to have that feeling back again, especially after the crap Dallas Cowboys game that I watched earlier today in frigid cold temperatures. Not really. I wasn't outside watching it, but it's cold here in Oklahoma. And that cold ending to our season just didn't really do me any good for my heart. So uh, wrestling being around and the eventual UFW, or I'm sorry, the UFL launch here again at the end of March should do much better for me, especially around that end of March, because that means we're probably only a week out from WrestleMania 40, which will be really cool and has a lot of promise to be the best WrestleMania to date. So cross fingers that that ends up coming to fruition. We're still, of course, wondering what that card's going to shape up to be like, but man, it's just amazing everything that's going on in professional wrestling. However, like we said at the beginning, This is an industry that's built on drama, both on and off screen. And unfortunately, we had ourselves a little bit of a off-screen ex-feud when it came to Tony Khan and Eric Bischoff. Now, I don't have the whole X thread. Honestly, you could probably go look at screenshots by now or even just go find the whole threads if you want to to see it. But essentially, if you haven't been keeping up, Eric Bischoff has been very critical of the AEW product. Not necessarily the people that work for AEW, with the exception of maybe one person, of course, that being TK himself. Um, But he's been more critical about them not doing the things to grow their audience. And with the lack of viewership that they have been getting, which I know people hear lack of viewership and you see that they do 700 to 800,000 viewers. And like I read in that... uh, X thread that was done earlier this week, uh, they are reaching 4 million people per week. So when you add up the total numbers, sure, that's a great number. Um, Now, I will agree with Bischoff's take when it says, are you growing your audience? Whereas WWE reaches the casual and hardcore fan base usually, AEW tends to only sway towards the hardcore fans. So that can be a detriment depending on what you're wanting to do with your business. But if business is succeeding, then 
honestly, there's no reason to really even wonder or falter when it comes to what your strategy is in regards to making your wrestling product a success. Clearly, TNT, TBS, and the parent company WBD don't have a problem with the numbers that they're pulling in. So if they're doing good, there's no reason to worry about it, you know? But of course, Bischoff being critical, then tired um, TK to respond because, of course, all this started over the whole Jinder Mahal, Seth Rollins incident because people were calling out how Hook was calling out Samoa Joe over on AEW when why would he do that? And TK went in to talk about his stats and say how he is deserving of it where Jinder had lost for a full straight year and gets a title shot next week. That prompted the clown emoji from Eric Bischoff that then continued to just spiral from there. Some people think it was great that Tony stood up for his company. Others, including myself, felt like he should probably have just put the phone down, as Bully Ray said on Busted Open, because it doesn't really look good for your business when you're the leader of your company. Now, some people you may curry favor with, and then on the other front, when you're trying to be a businessman, Does that really look good to be that kind of executive? Well, when you live in a world where you've got Donald Trump as a former president and Elon Musk doing whatever he wants with X, formerly known as Twitter, and the billions of dollars that you see people using each and every week to do whatever they want with, and some of them are very boisterous about doing it. You know, why can't you stand up for your company? So on one end, I get it. As the business sense, it's probably not something I would do business-wise. But again, it's not my company and I'm not TK. So I can't really speak too ill on it other than it just made me cringe. Again, as the business side of me is like, I probably wouldn't have even pushed it further and just let people stick to their own opinions, especially when my parent company that is holding my TV show has been so rewarding and praising of my product. So, but that's just me. Um... I think another little interesting tidbit, though, is to talk about the TV rights deals for AEW and WWE, which are still up in the air as to what exactly is going to happen, more specifically with WWE. Um, We know that Raw's television deal is up for renewal, and it's looking more than likely like USA or NBCU is actually not going to be the company that ends up retaining the rights fees to broadcast Raw on USA. SmackDown, we know, is going back there starting in October of this year. NXT is going to be doing the same thing, only they're going to be on the CW as opposed to the USA network from now on, at least for the next four or five years. I believe is what the deal calls for. But as it was reported at one point this week, it's looking more like Amazon is going to potentially win out and even keep Raw on Mondays, which there was questions as to whether Raw would be moved off of Monday nights. WWE executives, specifically Nick Khan, even came out as to say that they were open to hearing about a different time slot for Raw if it came down to it. So 
I'm actually happy that if they do go to Amazon, it would stay there. It would be part of their streaming service to where they could broadcast live events because it looks like they're trying to build up that portfolio of doing more live sporting events, kind of what they do with Thursday night football. Um, I don't think that's a terrible idea either. It just calls into question exactly what's going to happen with the WWE Network being associated with Peacock. Um, I guess you don't have to worry too much about that considering SmackDown is going to be on the USA Network. But what happens with NXT being on the CW? What happens with Raw being on Amazon? These are direct competitions. So it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with Raw. Of course, one of the more interesting notes is that WBD is still in discussions potentially with putting Raw on their network, whether it be TNT or TBS. I think they would probably want to stick with more TNT because it's just more of an adult-friendly type of content, which is what wrestling tends to bring to a network anyway. If they're wanting to still be more of the casual and hardcore wrestling fan base, they'll probably stick with TBS. But in general, it would be the craziest thing since Black Sunday to take place all the way back in the 80s when Vince McMahon was on TBS with World Championship Wrestling back in that time. To see Vince McMahon's homegrown product of WWE ending up on a Turner originally created channel would be absolutely insane to see on a weekly basis if that were to end up happening. And if that did happen, what would that mean for AEW? Where would they end up going? Could they look at another streaming deal potentially? Who's to say? But at this moment, I don't think WBD is going to be the one that ends up winning the Raw rights. I do think that it's probably going to be Amazon, or honestly, I wouldn't even mind if the Disney Fox crew picks it up uh, to put on FX. I believe FX is owned by Disney at this point. Maybe that is one of the channels that was retained by Fox when Disney bought uh, some of their products, like 20th Century Fox, now 20th Century Studios. Um, but either way, I think FX would even be a good starting point again, or a new fresh start, if you will, for Monday Night Raw. Um, it's very interesting to think some of the content that they had on there from you know shows that uh, are continuing successes like The Bear or The Old Man, to past shows like Nip Tuck, uh, to Sons of Anarchy, which is always a personal favorite of mine. Rescue Me was good. The Shield was the first big time adult content show that was done on that sh uh, channel, if you will. Um, so I think it would actually fit right at home on FX too. Um, those would be my two guesses is that we see it either on FX or part of the Amazon family when everything is all said and done. Um, either way, I ain't going to be mad about either one of them. Um, besides that, there wasn't really a whole lot of like big time interesting things other than on SmackDown. There was that scary spot with Austin Theory and Carmelo Hayes. Thankfully, both are going to be okay. Um, moves like that just always always frighten me, even with the best of guys, just because one little slip up can be disastrous, as we saw on Friday. Um, overall, though, WWE's storylines have been doing great. Um, AEW starting to become a little bit more storyline conscious towards certain things, but they are still wrestling heavy content, which is wonderful. Their women's division, AEW's that is, is looking like it's about to be pretty stacked, especially if they do end up getting Mercedes Monet onto their roster, which 
A lot of people feel like that's the route that's going. I still think there is an opportunity that we'll see Sasha Banks at the Royal Rumble. It just kind of depends on what goes on between now and the end of the month. Um, Everything's up in the air right now. And until something is official at this point, I'm no longer speculating. I'm just going to let the cars fall as they may. And whatever ends up happening, I hope Mercedes is just as happy as she can be with the choice that she makes. Um, Man, outside of that, there isn't really much else that uh, really caught my eye when it came towards wrestling news, with one exception, that being DJ Woo Kid, who was involved with Impact slash TNA now at Hard to Kill last night as well. He came out earlier this week stating that he saw some of the things that took place at All In in Wembley, specifically when it related to the CM Punk Jack Perry incident. Who, by the way, Jack Perry showed up at New Japan's Battle in the Valley yesterday and actually sported a brand new look with a full-on beard and leather jacket was still there and even ripping up his AEW contract in the middle of the ring, whatever that's supposed to signify. Maybe he is done with AEW. Maybe it's whole part of a story. Um, there's a lot that could go on there. But he showed up, and now he looks like he's back in a fray, but it's with New Japan. Is it New Japan AEW, or is he really gone from AEW? Only time will tell with that. But I digress and move back to the point. Uh, DJ Woo Kid, who was helping Swerve perform his song at Wembley's All In, was quoted as to saying that he actually saw where Punk was running amok a little bit and it got to the point where TK uh, was basically shouting at him to just go the F out there and wrestle or something to that extent. Um, There was a lot more I think that I may have missed out noteworthy wise on that but you can look up uh, what he has stated about it. It is pretty interesting but honestly I can't wait to see if there's any kind of other stories that come out. Chris Jericho was there for the Brawl In incident, which he states, or Brawl Out as it's called. Honestly, All Out, All In, it's all in the same family now. And now they're like only a week apart. Um, But even he stated earlier... actually not even earlier but late last year that he was there and saw the whole thing that was with the whole nda thing um with him and Cornette and punk's attorney so who really knows what happened with any of these incidences some point or time we gotta have somebody that tells us but until then a lot of it is just hearsay until we hear from somebody that is willing to share that was an eyewitness to it and share in full not just little segments here and there um but you know what the other positive thing i want to talk about before we leave for the day relates back to tna if you haven't seen it yet you need to check out their new title belts because their belts alone have looked absolutely phenomenal um i'll show you a picture of all six of them that have been redone for the tna rebrand and you'll see it's beautiful from start to finish if you want to see any more of their details go to x and pull up the uh hellfire 
Sapphire Design, I believe, was the creators for the belts. Um, so go and check them out. They've got great high-def pictures of them, and they, again, just look absolutely phenomenal. I think it's a great start for the restart of TNA, and I really do look forward to seeing what they do with the first TNA Impact episode this Thursday and moving forward for the remainder of the year. Guys, um, that's all I got for this week. Let me know what you think of the newly rechristened TNA. Are you excited for it? Did you watch Hard to Kill? And are you looking forward to the Impact show coming up this week? Sound off in the comment sections down below. Where do you also stand on the Tony Khan, Eric Bischoff feud from this past week? Let me hear you. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and hit that bell notification so that you're notified anytime that there is a video uploaded to the channel. You can also follow us on Facebook, X, and Instagram. You can follow me personally on X at Travis underscore 4CP. I'm tweeting at least once, if not twice or three times a day. So um, come over and say hi or even answer some of the questions that I've proposed here and let's have conversations because I enjoy talking wrestling. And make sure you come back next week for another episode of the 4CP. But until then, don't worry about tribalism. Just love pro wrestling. And I will see you guys again next week.